Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hello, and welcome to the IO edition of Two Voice Devs. Yes, this has been, we've talked about this numerous times in anticipation, and it's here, and it's just happened, and now we get to talk about it. Uh, we do. You know, this will be this will be the third year that we've covered IO like this. Uh, and by like this, we mean remotely, because I did not get a chance to go this year. Um, otherwise, we would have record, hopefully recorded it live from the Shoreline Amphitheater. But instead, we have this this beautiful backdrop for me instead. <laughs> but I am I am otherwise uh, adorned as I would have had I actually been there. Yeah. So just overall, first impressions, how, how was it this uh, this year, uh, Google I.O.? G uh, good stuff, new stuff, any surprises, things like that? There were no surprises whatsoever, I think, really. I mean, there, there were a couple. There were, yeah. uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the highlight of I.O. clearly was AI. It was AI. a massive, massive AI focus this year, which is no surprise. Um but it's interesting to see some of the things that they did, you know, so in some ways they said things like, you know, hey, you remember uh, this feature that we rolled out uh, seven years ago? Well, that was AI. And then when we updated it to do this, well, that was AI. And now we're updating it again with even more AI. Um, oh, so uh, so Google is, is the... Um, has been using AI for a long time, so make sure you you can trust us and use right. these tools. And yeah, we, we didn't really talk about it back when it wasn't hip, but now that it's hip, then we'll let you know that everything we, is AI. We need to remind you of the fact that you know we were doing this before it was cool. Um, <laughs> and and you know some of it makes a good case, and other elements kind of show that integration interestingly. You know, so yeah. uh, Bard you know, now has some very interesting integrations with other Google services. You know, you'll be able to, uh, if you're, if you've asked Bard to draft a, an email for you with two clicks, it will show up in Gmail. You know, there's no cutting and pasting. It's just there. Um, and there were a couple of other places where you saw that, that kind of integration uh, in, in interesting and clever ways. So we'll really see where, where that goes in the long okay. term. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to talk about uh, some of the, the things that are probably most relevant to this show. And that's, you know, all of the announcements about the Google Assistant at I.O. All right. Ready? Ready. Go for it. Okay. Well, and now that we've I'm, got... I'm, oh, no. Oh, okay. So so that, that was it. That was it. Okay. All right. There, there were precisely zero mentions of the Google Assistant. Um, we saw the logo flash by a couple of times, yeah. but that was about it. There's kind of a voice, I don't know, home device that they talked about. Well, there's a home device that they talked about. Um, and, and to be fair, the Google Home app got a major upgrade during io but the new device although it looks a lot like a smart display it's not it's a tablet with a docking station and 
that's kind of significant, you know, because they they basically are saying the tab, you know, the the smart displays were weren't working out so well. Uh, so we're going to try this instead. We're going to give you a, a full blown tablet that you can take with you and carry around. And when you're done with it for the day, you put it on its dock and it acts like a smart display used to act, only better, because now it's also going to have apps and uh, apps. <laughs> and we'll use your profiles and uh well but uh, here's chromecasting the thing. to the to the 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 tablet which is this the recharger is a speaker well okay and, so, so, let, so let's smart home stuff so there are some there are some friends. elements there that yeah. are significant yes but but let's keep a couple of things in mind chromecast to the to the tablet that this is true this is the first tablet that will support working as a Chromecast receiver, and that's a big deal. But all of the Google Home displays were Chromecast receivers. True. I, I could cast to them without a problem. Um, and yes, it will be great that you can control uh, your home automation devices from the home screen while it's docked, but you could do that on smart displays now. Um, and yes, it's got a speaker in the base, and that's good. But that speaker in the base isn't a smart speaker. So if you've got the tablet off of the base, you have nothing. Well, it, it only works if the tablet is docked to it. Mm, um, and yes, there are user profiles on the tablet, but only when it's in tablet mode. Not when it's apparently not when it's actually in the the docked mode, then it's in a shared family mode, which has limited access to all of the apps. Hmm. So, right. uh, you know, okay, this is not bad, but at you know four times the price of a smart display today. Yeah, was it like four ninety nine or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So you know, it's four to five times the price of a smart display today. Uh, what are you getting? You're not yeah. getting a smart display. You're getting there, there a tablet. Is, there, there is one demo I saw where they they kind of did a quick uh, talk to it, uh, kind of ask it questions type of thing. So. So there is some voice capability, but they definitely didn't highlight it. And it wasn't really, you know, it, they didn't talk about it. I think they even used the, if, if I'm remembering right, they used the word voice helper. They didn't even say assistant. I don't know if they just didn't want to get any confusion at all that assistant was on the tablet or. Right. Well, I think that kind of goes to the point of where app actions have been going Right. is, you know, they're not voice first. You're not creating these voice apps you've got something that is voice forward so you can invoke your app by voice and then interact with your app yeah by you know conventional means um you know my my opinion on that is kind of mixed you know there are things and i've been excited about where app actions were going in the past and i'm still you know somewhat interested in that um, but I think what we've seen in the past six months are amazing capabilities of conversational AIs. And I think this is a missed opportunity, a missed opportunity even to say, 
this is what we're working on. You know, because they had lots of coming later this summer, coming later this year. They they did that yeah, a lot. They did. But, you know, there was no hint that a more conversational Google Assistant, perhaps even a conversational Google Assistant named Bard, Ooh. is anywhere on the table. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you see this like like even Amazon was talking about you know oh they're working with LLMs, um, they haven't really talked about you know exactly how that's going to manifest itself or if it's you know first party experience or if third party developers could get in on that. They, nothing's really been announced, but with all the talk of AI these last you know six months or even three or four months, all the talk of AI at the IO you know at IO itself. <laughs> That that was that was that was silence. That was that was recognizably absent. Yes. To talk about voice and AI together. Yes, and it's surprising because again, this was this was their golden opportunity to do so, and nothing. Uh, so that's that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. You know, we did see some of the other things that we've talked about recently when it comes to. Uh, to where conversational AIs are going. We saw some echoes of that here as well. So for example, Bard, uh, Bard are getting extensions, which are an awful, sound an awful lot like ChatGPT's plugins. Yeah. Um, the exact differences, we don't know yet because there's been no details announced. You know, we see, for example, that they have made the uh, the model that's behind Bard is now available for developers to work with. In fact, there are two different APIs that developers can work with to, to, to use that. Um, so that's interesting and exciting and a good thing. But it's, you know, and there, there were lots of cool demonstrations of what they're doing with AI. Right. But I feel like, you know, this whole notion of an assistant somehow got lost in here. And that's uh, that's disappointing in many ways. Yeah, because it's it, it definitely seems like oh this app gets AI and this app gets AI and this app gets AI, um, which well, I, you know would be helpful. You're you know you're writing an email and you you can get some assistance on writing a you know, a job post or answering a you know replying. I, I thought it was interesting. Like a context from a previous email could be used as input into generating a response to that email. Um, so that's type of things uh, talking about like integration with Google Sheets and formulas. There were you know talking different talks about uh, and you different... know that that's right up my alley. It is. It's it's, it's totally. I was wondering if there was anything new uh, that you had learned from that yet, or if you're still trying to get in uh, information on that. I'm still trying to get some information on that, um, and and access in other ways. Right. Um, but also one of the interesting things that that. I saw them talking about, for example, is that Bard and the the Palm model behind Bard uh, knows as they they talked about what was it twenty programming languages now, yeah. Um, but one of those programming languages is Google Sheets. Yeah, I did I did hear that, and I was like, interesting that that's elevated at the same level as uh, as a programming language, and and it's seeming like it's they're they're doing things like uh, you can get links to references of where code came from is if, yes. if I understood correctly. And, um, and then they're also talking about like natural languages. Was it 140 plus so, languages so is, that, that it's trained on? You could be right. And I may have forgotten the exact number. Um, 
what I was thinking is that the news came out, the one of the, the bits of news that came out is that BART itself is now more widely available. Um, so it's now available in over 140 countries. Oh, okay. Maybe that was, the, maybe I had conflated that with uh, the number of languages it could, right. could translate so, so, to. So currently it's available in over 140 countries. Um, they've added two new languages, Japanese and Korean, and they have 40 new languages coming soon. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, that sounds more right. Thank you. But there are interesting elements there as well. You know, so although there are 140 countries that you can access it from, Canada is not one of them. And none of the EU countries are one of them. Those are all excluded for now. Oh, is that uh, because of uh, privacy? It's it's something about that. And the exact details, I don't know about. But yeah. I've heard people from... Uh, in the EU region talk about how it it's not necessarily privacy, but where the data is hosted. Oh, yeah. You know, so there are agreements about where data is allowed to be stored when dealing with, with some international ones. And e the EU has rules about storing EU data in the EU. So, so you're talking about more like uh, GDPR stuff? I've been told this isn't GDPR. Oh, okay. GDPR is more privacy as opposed to data provenance. But this is not my field, so I may be completely wrong. Right. You know, so there are there are certainly lots of interesting things that are there and are coming, but also a lot of, of interesting quirks like that. Um, one of the neat things, though, is they've opened up one of the things they call uh, labs. So you can now sign up for different experiments that are available. You know, so there is now conversational search, which is different from Bard. Bard is not being pushed as a search engine. It's more of a conversational system. Interesting. Um, you know, to do search, you would go to Google search. And if you have that experiment enabled, when you ask a question, it may offer to have a conversation with you about what you're searching for. Um, and you can see this now, and there's a little, you know, uh, flask, experiment like flask in the upper right-hand corner of, of Google search, which you can click on and it'll take you for, for most people to the wait list. Um, there's also uh, an experiment in Google Workspace called Project Tailwind, where you give Tailwind access to your documents, and then you can do queries based on your documents. Oh, you know, sounds like a vector database. Yeah, maybe a lot like a you know a vector database. Interesting, right? Right. Um. So we'll. We'll see where where that goes. You know, they were they were billing it as you know students can take notes all year and then at the end of the year be able to ask it questions and all of the notes will come together to help bring out answers. Interesting I, approach, but I can I can think of a ton of other uses. Yeah, I I, I was like I would have found that useful for for school, just kind of prepping for finals or you know different tests. Like oh wow, how how do these things relate now? I it's been 
you know, three months since I looked out over this topic and now it's not fresh on my mind, but you can start asking questions and kind of like refresh your memory on different things. I could see right. that would be really useful. Or if you can think of researchers who were, you know, taking notes and, you know, they're compiling notes and, you know, indexing where they are and you used to put these on note cards yeah, um, and then say, well, wait a minute, you know, I know I read somewhere something about this. What was it and where did I put that card? Yeah, yeah. And now you've got a quick way to search your own notes. Yeah. Um, that's, that. that's, and, and search them very naturally and, and put things together. That's a really, really powerful thing. Um, I think that's a more interesting than some of the things they were talking about and some of the things that Microsoft has been talking about with its its Office 365 integration. Yeah. Tailwind seems really powerful. Um, but, you know, on the subject of vector databases, we we talked last week or on last week's episode anyway, we were talking about vector databases and we were talking about how we suddenly discovered that Google had a vector database. <laughs> and didn't even know it. <laughs> and we didn't know it. And apparently nobody else did either because that wasn't mentioned at all at Google I.O. Um, but what was mentioned were the fact that the uh, some of the Palm models, the, the same models that are behind BARD, are available for developers to use. And one of them is an embedding model. So as we kind of forecast a little bit last week or, or hypothesized last week, uh, we now have one of the big cloud providers offering both a uh, vector database and an embedding system. Yeah. So it'll, you know, so now it's a one-stop shop. You know, it's not it's not integrated yet. But it is a one-stop shop for these services. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes within the next couple of weeks. I yeah. have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Yeah. We'll, we'll just kind of see what type of experimenting you can do with that. Um, it did seem that AI, or at least they were pointing out that AI was touching lots of things from, from photos to maps to... You know, like you say, Bard. Um, so those are those were all, um, you know, kind of interesting because sometimes the it's it's hard to grasp. You're like, well, we've got these models, but what can we do with these models? And a lot of things that we talk about, you know, since we've been in the voice area, which it would be like natural language processing. So we're talking about voice and we're talking about text, um, but there is still a lot that's going on with uh, images and starting to even be. Um, be more with video um so that's going to be interesting to kind of see how that goes and and it's it's kind of neat to see just some examples of it being used to say oh these are the types of things that i can do with this technology on these different types of um you know file types or form factors yes you know one of one of the other neat things is that they talked about how that now that these tech models are being available made available to uh to developers there are more models in the pipeline you know, so Bard itself, you know, there's a new model for uh, for Bard that's coming called Gemini, and it's a more multimedia oriented oh, model. Oh, that would be interesting, yeah. But you'll be able to do things, and this is one of the things they, they kind of uh, previewed, was, you know, load in a picture and say, uh, ask questions about the picture. Or, you know, load in a picture and say, you know, put these two, you know, put... 
put the person in this picture in this frame, you know, in, in front of a background like this and do that conversationally and get results back that are multi-modal. You know, so there's there's interesting things that will be coming there, but also things like, you know, right now Google makes a lot, you know, talks a lot about how you can have this, this magic eraser yeah. and, you know, erase background uh, parts around. Well, what if, what if they add more capabilities there? And what if that becomes a conversational interface? So instead of saying, you know, circling it and finding the right button to press, you can say things like, you know, delete this, yeah, move this over here and see what it does. You know, so they, they are kind of grasping this notion of conversational interfaces in some things and using them in powerful ways. One of the things that I saw that I, um, that, that that's interesting to me, but that I haven't really seen that much of talked talked about with all the you know, talking about you know, ChatGPT or all these different models, is that they um, have MedPalm, which is a med medical um, um, large language model. So you could start asking questions of um, you know about medical topics and and things, which. I'm assuming that in conjunction with that, there will be all the HIPAA protections and things like that, so that they could be could be used. Um, but it is interesting to to start seeing um, that come to the surface, kind of the more the more of the forefront. Yes, one of the things that's really nice, and I'm really curious to see where MedPalm goes and and what some of these. Um, I, I would say, you know, I, I don't know, we have a name for them yet. You know, we know Palm, we call Palm a foundation model. And we talk about how we can train it with our own data. And that's not a subject we've talked about yet much, yeah. but that we can't, you know, that we should at some point. Um, but here's a case where we've got something that started as a foundation model, but then also has some additional training. You know, is that, you know, a pre-tuned foundational model? Is it, can it take more tuning? Can I, can I give it more of my own? medical yeah. data but it's already got a foundation in some medical item you know i don't know these are great questions yeah because for like, like um you know heart surgery is a lot different than pediatrics right so you know there's lots of different specialties in in the medical world so it would be pretty big ass to have one model that would be able to do it all and so um you know, how could those be trained uh, for specific purposes? Yeah, but I, and I don't know, I'm not yeah. a doctor, I don't play one on TV, but I also imagine that the medical industry as a whole has some common terms, has yeah. some mm -hmm. common ways of talking. You know, that's there's English and there's medical English for, for lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you think of a pre-trained model, that knows medical English, it now knows, and I put that in quotes again, um, how to say things in a way that a doctor would understand as opposed to a, a patient. Yeah. Um, or would be able to, and again, quotes, understand a doctor's phrasing where a a normally trained one might not fully understand you know might not fully 
have those word associations correctly set up in it. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe you know. I'm hopeful that's along the lines of what MedPalm has. Yeah, it's interesting that you kind of like talk about them almost like they're two different languages. Um, because one of the things that language models do well is translation, and so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having a conversation with my doctor, and you know, she or he is saying things the way that doctors say them, and you're like, I'm I'm getting every you know fragments of what you're saying, but to be able to to have that translation happen, so you're like, oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. All right. Yeah, because right. doctors want to be very precise and have exact names for things. And you're like, uh, it's a you know problem with my left knee. <laughs> or something like that, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it also says that, you know, here's a potential model. And now they've got a framework mm -hmm. um, with Vertex AI to let people access other models. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, powerful. So as yeah. new models come online, as the, you know, people can get access to them in a consistent way and not need to know what in the world, you know, not not need to know the details of how to run a model. You just have an API that you can call with yeah. your prompt and get a response. And say, oh, you know, this is a medical question. So use the Use MedPalm instead of regular Palm. Yeah. That well, I think it, will be powerful. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, and it's interesting because even in some of the, the explanation that sounds like they had from, from different you know people on the, the MedPalm team, um, I don't know if it was a slip up or just kind of, you know, because they were like, you know, things that we could, we couldn't even do like three or four months ago. So it kind of seems like, I don't know, maybe maybe there has been this this new push of focus, and maybe there was some sort of a breakthrough. But it's but it does really seem like um, uh, some of these you know bigger companies, including uh, Google, are like, oh, we really just need to you know get running on this and and put more energy and more focus on it. Where you know maybe they maybe they weren't before. Well, I think also there's the question of you know even if they had maybe now they need to make more of an effort to make sure people are aware of it. Yeah. You know, so for example, they, they were talking about um, some models that were doing uh, speech to text. Well, they've had a speech to text API. It's not new. Yeah. But people may have been unaware of it before. And now maybe they're more aware of it because of all of the talk that's been going on. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and maybe, and hopefully, it works better. You know, now that now that attention is being paid to it, they realize they need to dedicate more resources to make it better to because people are going to be using it more. Right, and there's and, and people are going to be pushing pushing the envelope because I think more and more developers, you know, from you know companies to product teams to projects that they're working on are thinking I've got this great data and how can I make how can I utilize AI to make it you know I could push that data more understand it better a more natural interface to to access it just they're just trying to think of ways that uh, that AI can can improve things and I'm not saying that AI is a solution to everything 
But I think there's a lot that you can do with AI that that we really just hadn't considered before in our application developer uh, development. And now it's kind of like on everybody's roadmap to figure out how do I AIFI my Well, I, I think project. what it is, and I think we're going to have more conversations about this because this is, I, I feel like this is really where my big AI pushes is heading towards that AI lets us do things in ways, well, do things and do things in ways that we couldn't do before. Right. You know, so we had all of this data and, you know, we'd say like, you know, we want to do something with, you know, we want to do X with it, but man, that's hard. You know, that, that requires some, some, some leaps here. And now we can say, well, it's not trivial, but we now have the tools to make it a lot easier. Um, And I think that's kind of what, you know, People are making fun of Sundar for saying AI, you know, a few dozen times. But I think that's kind of what this IO was really about, was saying things that are important to people that were really hard to do before are now easier. And it's easier for, for Google to do. And it's easier for us as developers to do. And... You know, that's kind of what we always meant when we said voice first, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that I feel like we're 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 getting close to that now. And I just wish they'd give us the voice platform to do it on. Yeah. But <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's kind of kind of uh sad on the voice side of things, but uh heavy on the AI. So yes. kind of a kind of a mixed bag, but but still interesting, just kind of you know. All the hardware stuff aside, there was just a lot of uh, good information from this this uh, conference. Yep. You know, so I think you asked me initially how, you know, how I felt what the vibe was this year. So I, I, I attended it at a watch party in New York and Google's offices in New York. Um, and I was hoping for more of an excited crowd that left there really charged. And, you know, people kind of wandered out. Eh, okay. Um, and I kind of wandered out, okay, when I wandered out. Um, and it's only been on reflection that I'm like, you know, the Vertex AI stuff. I'm excited as a developer to see that. Um, you know, having access to the models myself, that's exciting. Um, and other things are cute. You know, other things are neat. I think Tailwind is going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to to see it and play with it. Uh, as developers, you know, there were some other things. They they talked about how Bard now knows, I think I said, 20 programming languages. But also, and this was an interesting kick that I, I thought I saw. They were talking about how you would be able to take um, that model called Cody and integrate it yourself. So the Cody model would be available to you through Vertex AI, and you would be able to fine tune it with your own code. Hmm. And once you fi- so once you fine tune it with your own code, you can now start asking it questions about your code. About you know where do we you know how, how do we do this transformation? Well, you do it in this function here. Oh, how do we call that? Oh, here's how you set up that call. You know, so it it it's not just one of the things that we saw with um, with Codex 
and with what GitHub is doing is they're they're basically providing a way to uh, ask questions while you code, but not on your code. This yeah. takes it another step. Yeah, because I you know just recently having to bring a new developer up on a, an existing code base, you know that's that could be a you know two to three hour meeting going through and saying okay here from a high level here's overall how the project is structured. Okay, now let's go into this part. This is this. Uh, module and this is kind of how it fits overall and then talk about some details of it um and you know being able to to ask questions about your code and like where in the code does this or how do you uh, how do we attack uh, tackle this situation or different things like that um or even if like a migration like i'm doing this language but we're we're going to migrate this portion over into a different service that's in a different language for some reason and so um, it, it would be interesting to be able to ask questions about your own code and and get kind of a conversation about that. I was going to say it's not just questions about your code; it's having a conversation about your code. Yeah, and that that can be pretty neat. So you know, there were were exciting elements like that, um, but overall, there was also a lot of just kind of staring at this screen, going, "Why are you just talking on and on about this?" And the example I, I, I keep giving about this is Android will now have the, the feature that you can give it a prompt and it will generate a lock screen photo for you based on that prompt. And okay, that's cool. That's a clever example of how to do text to image generation. But that's not a major feature of yeah. an operating system. <laughs> it's a cute gimmick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure no, people are going to love it, but it's a cute gimmick. Yeah, it's 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 not like going to overwhelmingly change your life with AI right. uh, to to be able to customize your lock screen. <laughs> so that that's kind of my feeling about how IO was this year, and I'm really hopeful though that next year. Uh, we'll be able to to have more people at Shoreline. Um, I'll be able to to talk to engineers and so forth about what's going on and and really start getting into some of some of the tooling. And I really really hope next year we have an assistant. Yeah, that's 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 uh, a big question. There are big big things are happening next month with the you know, yep. application of Google and, Actions, and, and and we'll be talking about that next month. So yes, we will. So um, yeah, I, I I think it's it's definitely interesting and and yeah, hopefully like between the checkpoint here and this time next year, models will and APIs will be available, tools will be in, and and services will be able to be you know available and we'll be able to start seeing you know how people are using it and doing some work with it ourselves and and just kind of see how much a year changes our view on on AI and where it's going and how it's you know. Oh, it's progressing so it it will hopefully be an interesting year yeah and so, uh yeah we'll we'll would love to have uh, everybody's feedback on on what they thought of google io on what they're excited about uh, what they're interested in just in general with ai or with voice and uh you know where that's going so you know definitely Follow up with us. Check, uh, you know, you can check us out on uh, Twitter or you know, LinkedIn. You can you know, find us many different ways 
Um, but uh, we would love to be able to help you out and just kind of continue this conversation offline. Yep. And if there's any really exciting stuff, we'll bring it back here online mm -hmm. at Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a great week. You too. Thank you.